Amen. Come on. Can we give God a hand of praise in the building today? (laughs) Hallelujah. He is worthy of all the praise. Um, Also want to uh, thank God for our pastor and Pastor Peter uh, for this privilege and this wonderful opportunity to stand before you today. Can we also give God another hand of praise celebrating Bronzeville for three years of life in Bronzeville? Amen. We are excited about the mission of God and how he continues to bless uh, this ministry who is so committed to lifting up the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, Would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, we love you so much. We thank you for the privilege that we have to worship you today. But not only just today, Lord, God, the privilege that we have to worship you with our lives. And it is our lives that is on my heart today that we come before you today, Lord, asking that you would lead us and guide us into what it would mean to really give our lives to you. To love you and worship you, not just in the service, but in every area of our lives. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us today. I pray that you will remove all of my flesh and that you will stand in this broken vessel and speak to all of us that we may not only be hearers, but doers of your word. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you join me in the gospel of Matthew chapter number five? Amen. If you have your Bibles or your iPhones or your smartphones, whatever you have, the word of God. Uh, Now is a good time to pull it out. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Um, Or you can look on the screen. I believe they have it up. And now you can follow along. Um, And the word of the Lord says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Could you all read verse 15 together? In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Can you say amen for the word of God? For our time together, I want to um, ask you uh, to help me announce this topic by looking at your neighbor, either on your right or your left. Look at your neighbor. And smile at them. I'm sure they brush their teeth in Jesus' name. Amen. But look at your neighbor and smile and say, neighbor, are you a flashlight? Amen. 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 That's what we're going to talk about today. Flashlights. Now, you all, I'm assuming, I'm hoping I can take this privilege. I'm assuming we're, we're family, right? Amen. You can respond to that, right? We're, we're family. Don't make me feel scared up here, okay? Well, I wouldn't be scared. I'm from Roseland. I'm from the hood, so I wouldn't be too scared. Amen. Uh, but, but, but we're family, and, and, like, and like family, I, I want to open up our time together. Um, seriously, though, being a little uh, transparent about my journey uh, to Christ and, and, and how that came about. And, and so it may be some things that you may not know about me. I pray that after you hear it, you won't hold it against me, but that you will see uh, just how God has moved likewise in your life, how God has moved uh, in mine. Um, I stand before you 36 years old, grateful to God that I am 36. Amen. And uh, I came to the Lord uh, when I was uh, 16 on the verge of turning 17. And um, 
I go back to that time. And if there was one word that I could use to sum up uh, my 16th year of life um, in one word, uh, that word would be darkness, utter darkness. Um, when I was 16, I found myself facing a teenage pregnancy. Um, my girlfriend at the time, I got pregnant and uh, didn't know how I was going to deal with that. Uh, at 16, I was uh, gang affiliated. Um, I was battling depression and anxiety. Uh, my mother and I's relationship was at an all-time low. Um, I was uh, very disobedient to my mom, and we were fighting, and, and so much so that I ran away uh, from home, and I ran all the way uh, to the other side of town to my auntie's house. Uh, I was stupid but not crazy. Amen. And so <laughs> I wanted to teach my mother a lesson but be safe at the same time. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't like you anymore. I'm leaving. Auntie, can I come stay at your house? And so um, I share that because uh, it, was, it was amazing that my aunt and my cousin, uh, were, my cousin and I are roughly around the same age, and uh, they too were going through a very tumultuous season in their relationship. And the word got around the family that um, their, their relationship was healing, the family uh, itself was healing, and the only thing we knew was that they started going to some new church on the south side of Chicago called Salem. And, uh, and, you know, and it seems like their whole life was getting, uh, getting better and things were getting, uh, uh, better and their relationships were healing and mending. And so I figured, you know, I may need to be around something like that. And so, uh, I went to my aunt's house and instead of kicking me out and instead of, you know, just sending me back, she called my mom and told her where I was at. And, and, uh, I stay, I proceeded to stay with my aunt for about two weeks. And uh, in that time, I was amazed at seeing uh, the changes in their lives. And, and my auntie, she, she, she asked me, she invited me to a rap concert, which uh, turned out to be a lie because we ended up going to a church. So y'all pray for my auntie because technically she lied. But, uh, but, but because it was a youth service and the praise and worship team was some gospel rap artists, she's going to say we're going to a rap concert. So uh, I guess that's technically not a lie, but... Uh, but anyways, that's how she got me to go to church. And uh, it w I was amazed because I heard uh, the word of God and I felt like it was tailor made to a 16 year old in a very tumultuous and troubled season in his life. And after that, uh, I just remember um, uh, coming to the Lord and my life was changed uh, forever. And I'm so grateful to God. And, and because of that, um, that experience, um, God blessed me to be the one who led my household to the Lord. And, uh, and so my life was forever changed for the better as a result of someone being willing to let their light shine before others. You all, I am convinced that one of the greatest things uh, to see is people who are willing to let their light shine in the midst of darkness. They're, they're, they're kind of like flashlights. People who are willing to let their light shine in the midst of darkness. I got to tell you, like flashlights, that light never gets boring. When you see a flashlight go off, it's not a light you just ignored. You feel drawn to it because it is, it is different than the usual scene that it finds itself in. When we see a light or when we see a flashlight, it usually speaks to safety, rescue, and protection. And I don't know about you, but maybe the reason why I'm passionate about being a flashlight is because I recognize the reality that I am a benefactor 
of other flashlights. Uh, maybe some of you, you have a different testimony. Maybe uh, you grew up in the church and you just always knew the Lord. Maybe some of you were in a position where you came out of the womb shouting and speaking in tongues. I don't know. But I believe that there's a few people in the building who can resonate with me and understand that at 16 years old, I was not in the church. And if I was going to meet Jesus Christ, somebody had to be willing to leave the four walls of the church and meet me where I was. Can I get a witness in the building? They had to meet me where I was in the darkness and show me the light that would lead me to Jesus Christ. And so we call today, my sermon topic again is flashlights. Uh, A flashlight uh, is defined as a battery-operated portable light. Uh, in 1899, uh, the design, the design for these portable electronic lights, I see Dan shining his flashlight. God bless you, brother. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I ain't mad. Thank you. I need the support, brother. Um, in 1899, the design for these portable electronic light devices, they ran on what was known as zinc carbon batteries that required periodic rest to function. Thus, the light given off only happened in a flash or a moment. It's where we got the name flashlights. Flashlights are designed in such a cool manner that their power source comes from within. If you just look at a flashlight, you cannot from just this outer appearance tell or signify where its power source comes from. It's because the flashlight is designed that the power source that it has comes from within. It is encased inside the flashlight. And as a matter of fact, the only way to validate that a flashlight has a valid power source is by simply turning it on and seeing if it's able to operate in its purpose. In essence, a flashlight's power source is validated by seeing it actually operate in the purpose it was designed for. And so I'm wondering, why is it that so many flashlights are in the house of God and not using the power that God gave us? Hallelujah. I want us to understand that God gave us power, not so that we could be stagnant, not so that we could just sit in the church house and do nothing, but God gave us power for purpose. Can you shout amen? And so you all, first thing I want us to understand about flashlights, first thing I want us to understand is that flashlights are a necessity when surrounded by darkness. Flashlights are a necessity when surrounded by darkness. The first thing, uh, what, is, what is the first thing we do if the lights go out in the house? We go for a flashlight. First thing we do when, it, when we're surrounded by darkness. I'll, I'll never forget uh, a couple years ago, I had the privilege, uh, and there may be some people uh, that represent it. I see my man B-Rad over here. Uh, a couple years ago, I had the privilege to go out to New Hampshire to be the camp pastor for the week at Pilgrim Pines uh, Camp Squanto Youth Camp. And uh, I was excited about it, at, you know, at first. You know, I got this call. I'd never been to the East Coast that far east, and uh, it was a great road trip for me and my family. I was excited about sharing the word of God with so many young people. And then halfway in the trip, you know, you know, things hit you when it's like too late for you to turn back around and you have to keep going. But then I realized, I said, oh, man, we like going in the woods. And I don't know if you know this. I'm going to just, you know, we're family, right? So I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm going to ease up. I don't want everybody to know this. But, you know, most black people don't go in the woods. You, you do know that, don't you? you? 
Uh, uh, can I get a witness? Any, 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 uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all see that? That's, that's real talk. I want, I want y'all to think I'm crazy. The reason why most black people don't go in the woods is because we are convinced that Jason from Friday the 13th <laughs> live in the woods and you know, based upon the movies, we definitely going to get killed. You know that, don't you? you we, wait, that's a whole other sermon. I'll leave that alone. All right. So in, in lieu of that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about that because it was so funny how many flashlights Kim and I packed for our journey. As a matter of fact, when we got there, we stopped at the first Walmart and bought a couple more flashlights just in case the ones that we packed wouldn't work. Because we were going to be surrounded by darkness. And the flashlight is powerful in the darkness because it is the only thing that stands in contrast to the darkness. The light that shines off is the only thing that stands in contrast to the darkness. And that's, that's an amazing thing I want us to grapple with because in a world that is saturated by darkness, in a world that is surrounded by darkness, it is amazing to see something that is brave and bold enough to stand in contrast to the status quo. And the light is what stands in contrast to darkness. And we are living in a culture that is saturated in darkness and in desperate need for more flashlights was watching CNN the other day, and I was blown away as this reporter on CNN. Uh, the, the topic uh, on, at hand was uh, how politicians or famous athletes, if they, if they are found out and in being involved in some unethical behavior, uh, depending on what that behavior was, what is the reality that they can bounce back? So they started talking about uh, uh, Tim uh, Weiner and his and his. Uh, uh, plans to run for mayor as he's coming back from his unethical behavior. And they started talking about Tiger Woods at the, as, as the masses are going on and, and his unethical behavior. And I'll never forget that uh, this reporter has said, well, you know, Tiger cheated on his wife, but, you know, that wasn't a big deal. He was able to bounce back from that. And, and those words struck me because I said, wow, we live in a culture that is so dark that we think a person who does not uphold their vows for marriage is not a big deal. What type of society and culture do we live in where we can say, well, you know, that's not a big deal. It's just a reality. It's just what happens. That we have become so desensitized to righteous living in this culture. But you all, there, I can go on and on and on about the different ways that validates that we live in a culture that's saturated by darkness. Just last week, our hearts were pricked and, and, our, and our spirits were burned as we heard about the still systemic, systemic injustices that are happening to the immigrants in this country. There is still racial systemic injustice in this country. I can go on and on talking about the violence that we see in our streets and the homelessness that we see in our streets. There is injustice. There is darkness all over this world. There is enough darkness to validate that there is a need for more flashlights. Can you shout amen? But you are ultimately, we live in a world that reflects humanity's desire to follow its own passions, lusts, and desires and not God's will. 
And humanity is suffering the consequences of those choices. And that, and that suffering may come out in disappointments and emptiness and regrets. You do know that no plan other than the plan that God has for your life is going to be successful. You do know that, don't you? And so we ultimately find ourselves dealing with disappointment, dealing with emptiness and regret. And we need the light and we need Christ to show us this light so that we can show others how to get this light that Christ has for us. Can you shout amen? You all, as we think about flashlights as a necessity when surrounded by darkness, the great thing about a flashlight is that it does not conform to the darkness, but it is the darkness that gives way to the light. The Bible says in John uh, chapter 1, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Well, not only are flashlights a necessity when surrounded by darkness, flashlights, uh, next slide, is that flashlights are portable. Flashlights are portable. There's a difference between a lamp and a flashlight. A lamp, uh, generally, you have to plug that in. A lamp is designed, although it's designed to give off light, a lamp is stagnant. A lamp is not mobile. A lamp cannot move. It can only stay in one position. Where flashlights are portable. They're mobile. They're designed to go anywhere in the world. More specifically, they're designed to go where light is needed the most. Flashlights are portable. Watch this. So that they can be where light is needed the most in the darkness. Flashlights won't be appreciated acting like plug-ins only being surrounded by other light. Flashlights, I don't care how many of you, it's, it's no big deal to see a whole bunch of lights hanging out together. But a flashlight was full, is only fully appreciated when it is shining in the midst of the culture. When it is outside of the church and into the culture. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, the Bible says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. God is sending us out to be flashlights in the midst of darkness. Can you shout amen? But not only are flashlights a necessity in the midst of darkness, not only are flashlights portable, but flashlights are not eternal. They're not eternal. Like a flashlight, our lives are but a moment. And we need to spend some serious time thinking about how we plan to maximize the time that we have. You all, I know there's a lot of young people in here. And uh, I will count myself amongst young people until it is obviously not possible. Praise the Lord. Um, And I know that it's something that we don't normally think about, but I want us to think about the reality that we are not going to be here forever. We are all given a start date. We are all given an end date. And then there's life on the dash. And so I want to spend some time for us challenging us and saying, how do we plan to live life on the dash? I want to ask you, how do you plan to maximize your opportunity to let your light shine? We must make the best use of our time as followers of Christ because the the worst thing we can do is have a flashlight with fresh batteries and never use it. To have the light on, the light ready, and instead of using it for God's will, we sit on it and waste the power that God has given us. It's the worst thing we can do. And as we are here today, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. I want to challenge us. What would you do? How would you live your life if you knew when your end date was coming? 
What would you do for Christ if you knew your time was coming to an end? And I want to remind us a sobering reality that none of us will be here forever. And it is in this time that we must maximize our potential to be flashlights to the culture. John chapter 9, verse 4, the Bible says we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. What Jesus is saying to us essentially is he's comparing day to the time that we have on earth. And that day is not forever. Night is coming. Death is coming when no man can work. So while we have the opportunity, we need to work while there's day. We need to work the works of him who sent us. Can you shout amen? And so as we look at our text in Matthew chapter five, I'm so excited about this passage because I believe there's a lot that we can learn from it and understanding what does it mean for us to be flashlights and why we need to be flashlights. Uh, we first want to appreciate what's going on in Matthew chapter five here in this text. Uh, as we look at the gospels, you have the synoptic gospels and then you have the gospel of John, which is, uh, the, all, which, which makes up all four of the gospels. Uh, the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptics essentially because of their continuity or their solidarity and form and narration and then some of the similar things that they are sharing. And John is just on a whole nother level. The Gospel of John, all four Gospels are designed to be biographies, a reflection of the life of Jesus Christ told from four different perspectives. And so you have the Gospel of Mark, and Mark emphasizes or shares the life of Jesus Christ from the lens of seeing Jesus as the suffering servant. That's why you see a majority of Mark's Gospel talking about the suffering that he did on our behalf. You have, uh, you have Luke's gospel that tells the life of Jesus Christ, but filters it through seeing Jesus as advocate. And so a lot of Luke's gospel, you see Jesus as being an advocate for the uh, marginalized, a voice for the voice. So you see a lot of the stories of women in ministry and how they were effective in ministry because these are normal voices that would normally not have a voice uh, in the word of God or in biblical antiquity. Then we see John who takes it to a whole nother level and tells the story of Jesus Christ and says, Jesus wasn't a man. He was God himself. And he tells his story through the lens of seeing Jesus as the only begotten son of God. And in Matthew's gospel, where we are pitching our tent today, Matthew sees the life of Jesus Christ through the lens of seeing Jesus as the king of Israel. And it is here that Jesus is addressing his citizens to give them understanding on who they are and how they are to live as citizens in the kingdom of God. And so in this passage, in Matthew chapter 5, it is the iconic Sermon on the Mount. And if you've ever looked at this, this sermon goes on for two chapters. This sermon starts in chapter 5, ends in in chapter 7. How many of y'all know that Jesus is preaching for two chapters? And as my grandmother would say, that's some show enough preaching. And I know, how many of y'all would have loved to have been in the crowd to see Jesus preach for two chapters? I know we are spoiled here. I know we get great preaching from Pastor Peter and from Pastor Michael. But I want to let y'all know there was no preacher like Jesus. And if Jesus was preaching, Jesus was preaching for two chapters, setting the tone and tenor as the king of Israel to let his citizens know that if you are a valid member of this of the kingdom of God, this is how you are to conduct yourself. And this is why you are to conduct yourself accordingly. The issues that are addressed throughout this sermon address three significant um, issues, and that is the issues of identity, purpose 
and how to live. And so it is here in this unit that we highlight today, Matthew 5, uh, particularly verses 13 through 16, that Jesus gives us two analogies. So Jesus does all this preaching and he only gives two analogies within two chapters that seem to encapsulate the heart of this message. And that, um, and that message and that heart is that we are to be the contrast to the culture that draws the culture to Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. The heart of this message, what Jesus is trying to do in the analogy of us being salt and us being light, is that we are to be the contrast to the culture that draws the culture to Jesus Christ. Can you shout amen? And so in summary, what's going on here, preacher? The passage is not about Christians being called to separatism or withdrawal from the culture. This passage is not about Christians creating, um, uh, creating communities in which the world pays no attention. But this passage is about Christians being active, preservative agents in the world, illuminating as a guide to lead others into relationship with Jesus Christ. Can you shout amen? The church of Jesus Christ is not supposed to be stagnant. It's not supposed to be the separative movement where we're arrogant, where we're egotistical, where we look down on people, the devil is a liar and a loser. Jesus has called us to be different from the darkness, to be contrast to the darkness, to be light to the darkness so that we can draw others in the darkness into the light. Because if we don't forget and remember, it was the same God that drew us out of the darkness and into the light. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. And so for the rest of our time together, we want to answer this question, why be a flashlight? Why be a flashlight? The most powerful question, in my opinion, are the questions that start with why. Because it speaks to purpose. It speaks to giving me a deeper appreciation of why we should do something or another. Uh, my kids uh, uh, ask great why questions. Uh, I love spending time with them. I try to get with them as much as possible uh, on Saturdays. And um, all three of them, they have uh, Bibles uh, that, that are age appropriate and we get together and we go over some Bible uh, passages and kind of, you know, have a discussion about it, see, see how they, they understand it. And they ask great questions that always seem to ask what well, why. And they ask questions like, why do we worship and why do we go, uh, go to church? And, uh, in, in terms of their schooling and their education, they ask, well, why does this work like this? And, and, and why, daddy, do we have to do this? And they're, they're great questions that allows us to have great conversation and explaining it. I mean, they ask great questions. Why, daddy, do you eat all the cookies? They, they ask great questions most of the time. Amen. But, but, but as we think about um, the why question, why be a flashlight? Number one, because it validates a connection with God. Why be a flashlight? Because it validates, it validates a connection with God. John chapter 8, verse 12, the Bible says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Psalms 34 and 5, the Bible also says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Family, this is the heart of of pious living. This is why I believe we are all called to be pious people, people who don't, who don't think it's enough for us to understand the word from an academic standpoint, but we ask ourselves, how do we live the word out? This is the heart of pious living. This is how we validate our connection with God by illuminating the light he gave to us. 
When we are flashlights, it validates a connection to God. It's all about the power of the connection. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, my wife and I, we were so blessed uh, before uh, God kind of altered our lives and allowed me to go to seminary full time. Uh, we had uh, pretty good jobs and was able to finance our first brand new car with zero miles on it. Praise the Lord on high. I mean, zero miles on it. I'm the first one. I'm the one putting the, the dents in these seats. Amen. And and getting comfortable to it. it had the new car smell and all of that good stuff. And, and in this car, it was so cool. It had an iPod connector that was basically a USB cord. And what was cool about it is that when I plugged up my iPhone or, or our iPod into the connector, our car sound system literally became an iPod. And I could tuck the iPod away. And if you didn't know any better, if you got in my car, you would have swore they had an iPod built into my car by the way it worked. And I would tell people all the time, I would get excited about it. I would say, no, the car's not actually an iPod, but because it's connected to an iPod, it can do everything an iPod does. Some of y'all miss it. I'm going to talk to this crowd over here. I don't think y'all got it. So my car is not an iPod. But because it is connected to an iPod, it now can do everything an iPod does because it's connected to an iPod. Because it's connected to an iPod, it has all the same characteristics of the iPod because of its connection. Okay, y'all, okay. Go back to the side. So because my car is a car, it's not an iPod in and of itself. But it has a connector that once I connect an iPod to it, it has the same characteristics and qualities of an iPod because it's connected. Can you shout amen? Family, I want to encourage us that if we are truly connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the same light that he brought into our lives, we now have the same ability to share that light with others. Can you shout amen? That's why it is not about our ability. That's why it's not about our talent. All it takes is a legitimate and genuine connection to Christ. Hallelujah. Can you shout amen? Why be a flashlight? Number one, because it validates a connection to God. But number two, so that others can simply see. Why be a flashlight? So that others can see. In our text, it says you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a, lamp under, uh, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. We are flashlights so others can see. Now, here's what's most profound to me about this passage in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Who is it that Jesus says is the light of the world? pop quiz. Us. Thank you. He said you. You are the light of the world. Do you understand what an awesome privilege that is? That in spite of who I am, in spite of who I used to be, in spite of my imperfections, in spite of my failures, in spite of my shortcomings, in spite of the sin that I've had in my life from the womb to this point, because of the connection, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of the effects of Easter, I am now called the righteousness of God. 
in spite of what I've done. And Jesus gives me the privilege. He gives you and I the privilege and the honor to be defined as the light of the world. We can't take that for granted, family. We are blessed to see so that we can be a blessing in helping others to see. We aren't meant to be light and then hide it from others. But we are the light so that we can help others to see. And I want to ask you a challenging question, and I ask this question in love. But when you are around others, can they see better? Or are you all walking in darkness? Think about that as we continue to grow into what it means to be a flashlight. When others are around me, can they see better? Are we all walking in darkness? Lastly, why should we be a flashlight? So that we can glorify God with our lives. Hallelujah. So that we can glorify God with our lives. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. The Bible says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Can you shout amen? As I prepare to wrap up, I do want to share a few things in terms of this last point about the fact that when we are flashlights, we glorify God with our lives. Um, A couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I started coming to new community, and this place has literally been an oasis, a flashlight for me and my family. And so I do want to just take this time and thank God for this church uh, because I believe it is one of the greatest churches in the world. It's okay to clap right there. That's a good thing to clap about. Uh, When we came, uh, I was fresh off of 10 years of ministry. Uh, Those last couple of years, I was uh, ridiculous enough to think that I could start seminary full-time, be in full-time ministry, have a wife with 100 kids, and at the same time still commute. We wasn't even living on campus, and my school was an hour in one direction, and the church I was serving was another hour in a different direction. And I was completely burnt out. And so God put me in a position where I had to eliminate some things off my plate. And one of those things was ministry because I was, my spiritual tank was on E. And as I knew God was calling me to Seattle, one of the questions I began to ask myself was, how in the world are you going to go to Seattle and your tank is on E? And that I needed to get, get to a place where I could be fed and, and nurtured and the whole nine yards. And so we did what we all hate to admit, but we all do. And my wife and I and our family, we proceeded to start shopping for churches, which is really bad. I mean, that's really a bad way to look at it. But that's what we do. You know, we started visiting churches and, you know, we would have, you know, you ever had these conversations? You know, the preaching was good, but the quiet wasn't that good. Or, you know, the, the choir was great, but the children's ministry was terrible. So we're doing, going through all this stuff, and, and praise God, somebody on campus had recommended new community to us. And we came in, and the praise and worship team was off the chain. Let's say amen for the praise and worship team here at New Community. Off the chain. Then Pastor Peter gets up, and I said, oh, man, the preaching is off the chain, too. And so we're praying, coming out, praying, Lord, please let the kids like the children's ministry. 
And then they come back and say they like it. And I was like, oh, man, it's a Holy Ghost trifecta. We found our home. It was great. <laughs> and, you know, we proceeded to just come and I was fed. And, I, you know, sometimes I think we can, we can experience something that's so good for so long. And sometimes we can take it for granted. And I just want to share, I had never been in a church that was preaching the word of God in a way that just didn't feel good, but that challenged me to grow and to live this thing I'll call faith. Because I want y'all to know life is for real. You do know we live life out after this service is over. You do know that, don't you? I mean, like real life will like, be waiting for you as soon as you leave out that door. Here I am waiting for you. Hope you had a good time. Come on, let's go. <laughs> And I was so blessed to be in a church that helped me meet life at the door and say, I'm ready. Because I'm being equipped. I'm being challenged. I'm growing. And what does it mean to be an authentic believer of Jesus Christ? My family was growing and we were happy. And my kids uh, were still growing and loving God. And and so I just want to pause and just thank God for New Community Covenant Church. Because you all have seemingly uh, embraced not only what it means to worship God on the inside, but what does it mean to go beyond the four walls of the church and be flashlights in a culture that so desperately needs it. Amen. And so uh, one of the ways, as you can see, we're wearing these T-shirts and uh, the way that God has called us uh, to be flashlights, me and my family in particular, is that about 10 years ago, uh, God put the city of Seattle uh, heavy on my heart as I was discerning his call to pastor. And uh, that was super weird because I had no practical or tangible connection to Seattle. The only things I knew about Seattle was that somebody told me it rained a lot there. Uh, I knew that there was a basketball player named Sean Kemp that played for the Supersonics. And now they don't even have a Sonics. Y'all pray. Amen. But I hear we getting them back. Glory to God. Amen. But and that there was something called a space needle, and I knew that Bill Gates came from there. That's about it. And I didn't know how God was going to, uh, at that time I was not in school. At that time, I didn't know how God was going to uproot me and my family to Seattle. Uh, and then I didn't know how in the world how God was going to call me uh, African-American male who grew up and loved all things 100% black church and why God would give me such a passion for multi-ethnic ministry. And I had no point of reference. All I knew was it was just too beautiful of a picture to look at and say, what would it look like for the church of Jesus Christ to show this country what racial reconciliation can look like? I had no point of reference. And it was, I felt like when I walked through the doors of this church, I started to see the picture crystallize as to what that can look like. And I'm so excited that 10 years later, we're happy to consider ourselves partners with this ministry, that we're going to Seattle to literally create the ethos of New Community Covenant Church in the city of Seattle. And so I just want to encourage you all that God is no respecter of person. And that, you know, this flashlight is little, but it still gets off a great light. All flashlights come in different shapes and sizes. We all have different callings, different purposes. None of that matters. At the end of the day, all that matters is that we have the source on the inside so that we can shine bright for Jesus Christ. Can you shout amen? And so, again, uh, 
practically speaking, we want to thank you all, and we want to encourage you to please pray for my family and I. I'm so grateful that uh, Pastor Peter and the new community team gave us this platform. Uh, we didn't ask for it. It was just out of their generosity um, that they encouraged us to do so. And so uh, we are in the midst of fundraising. And uh, these t-shirts that we think are the coolest t-shirts in the world, it says Radiant. The name of the church is Radiant Covenant Church. And uh, our, our vision statement is to be an undeniable light in the city. So as you can see, I'm pretty passionate talking about flashlights, praise the Lord. And so um, that is our calling. Seattle is one of the most unchurched cities in our entire nation. Washington State is one of the most unchurched states in this country. There are more churches in the state of Nevada than there are in Washington State. There are a lot of issues, a lot of pandemics that the church has great opportunity to be a light in the midst of darkness. And so uh, we ask that you would pray for us. Again, one of the most tangible ways that you can support us in our efforts uh, is to purchase a T-shirt today. I pray that you all sell us out in Jesus' name if you can. Um, But we really solicit your prayers um, as God is literally uprooting us uh, from a lot of family and friends and a church that we have absolutely fallen in love with. And so um, it's a big deal for us, but we are excited to see how God has so moved in our lives uh, and made it crystal clear that this is his path for us. And I just want to encourage each and every one of us that God is no respecter of person. If he did it for us, he will do it for you if you dare to ask him, where's my flashlight? Glory to God. Pray with me. Gracious God, Lord, we hear this message, and Lord, it sounds great, but it's such a daunting task. It takes a lot of courage to stand out and know that we are going to be different. Because when we're different, when we are in contrast to the culture, one thing that it does is it exposes who we are it makes us a target but Lord God before we get too afraid I pray that you will remind us in our spirit that as we look to be like you you are the first and greatest example of being a flashlight in the earth your word told us that you did not count it robbery to leave heaven but that you humbled yourself to put on flesh that you came into the world to be a light in the midst of darkness help us to pursue that Christ help us to live into that ethos help us to share our love of you with the world not in judgment not in condemnation but in saying that this light that I have he too can give it to you Help us to be lights in the midst of darkness. We pray. We take this time to pray for our world that is saturated in darkness. Lord God, we pray for threats of nuclear war. We pray for immigration injustice. We pray for poverty and its injustice. We pray for racial injustice. We pray 
for the violence in our streets. We pray for the homeless young person that doesn't have a roof over their head or a meal to eat. We pray for the countless souls that do not know you, Father. And Lord God, we need to embrace the fact that you have called us to be the light in the world. That you have empowered us to be the flashlights the world desperately needs. Help us to live into that and to love you with our lives. In Jesus' name. Receive the benediction. May God go above you, shining his radiant light above you, reminding you that he is sovereign in your life. May the Lord go before you, shining a path, guiding you in the way of righteousness. May the Lord go behind you, encouraging you, chanting, you can do it. You can be a flashlight in the world. And may he go beside you. When it starts to feel awkward being a contrast to the culture, may he remind you that his word will not return void, but that it shall accomplish that which he sent it to do. And so we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you downstairs. God bless.